Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. morning with a verse of scripture from Romans chapter 1. It's verse 11. Paul says, and you have to remember he's writing to to the people of Rome, to the saints in Rome, to his fellow Christians in Rome, who, whom he has not met face to face. Um, so in verse 7, he says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. So that's, that's who Paul is addressing here. And, um, and he says in verse 11, I long to see you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I want to offer this verse up today um, because I feel confident that, like me, there are already those whom you long to see, whose faces and hugs and fellowship you miss. Um, people in whose presence you are used to being, who people who are a part of the ordinary rhythm of uh, of your life, and that ordinary rhythm has been disrupted is sort of a nice word. I don't. I'm going to probably have to come up with a more impactful word than disrupted. Um, but we are all finding, you know, some new rhythms. We're all wondering how long those rhythms might last. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, the how long, how long, or maybe it was the day before. I don't know. See, I'm losing track of my days. Um, how long, how long? That's uh, that's the refrain of the martyrs beneath the throne who are crying out how long. So I'm not, I'm not going to cry out how long to God, but I am going to start acknowledging to other people that I long to see them. Might sound like a strange thing for a radio host to say. You and I have very likely never met face to face. And yet I do feel this heart connection, this warmth, this um, affection for you. And I long to see you in order that, as Paul describes, I might impart some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may mutually be encouraged by one another's faith. So I want you to know today that your faith encourages me that it is an encouragement to me um, that you are not only listening, but that you are being more and more fully equipped for the good works that God has already prepared in advance for you to do through the gift of the Holy Spirit, which he has imparted to you, that you might be an agent of his grace today, an ambassador of his kingdom today, a minister of reconciliation today. So, I long to see you in the spirit of the Apostle Paul, in the spirit of, of self-isolation and quarantine. I long to see you, that you and I might uh, be encouraged mutually by one another's faith. All right, first up this morning, I've got Bruce Marciano. Bruce has played the role of Jesus in more, um, in more feature films than anybody else, and he's going to be with us to, to share about a new series on pureflix.com called The Encounter. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
everybody. Welcome back. Thrilled to be joined today by Bruce Marciano. You would recognize him from such uh, television classics as Columbo, L.A. Law, Murder, She Wrote. You may have also seen him portraying Jesus in um, films like The Visual Bible or uh, The Apostle Peter and the Last Supper or Overcomer. Bruce Marciano, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. It's great to be with you, Carmen. Thank you very much. So um, I know a lot of those classic TV series, and so it's um, it's fun to be talking with you today. You have portrayed Jesus in more films than any other actor. Um, and so people might actually, like, you know, think Jesus looks like you. That is uh, That might be one interesting conversation to have. But let's talk about how you made the move from what we might consider more mainstream Hollywood into what we might call the Christian film industry. Yeah. Well, I started my career in 1984, and uh, my very first job was on Murder, She Wrote. I had two lines, and I remember I thought I'd hit the big time. (laughs) But uh, in 1989, I was born again. And, um, you know, uh, my father is Italian, my mother is Syrian, so I always had these kind of ethnic looks, and that led to stereotyping. I played a lot of bad kind of guys. And uh, almost immediately after I was born again, the Lord just began working on my heart to, uh, if I can put it into words, you know, start playing nicer guys. And... um, and uh, as the Lord does his thing, in 1993, I was offered the uh, breathtaking opportunity to portray Jesus in a word-for-word film of the Gospel of Matthew, the Visual Bible, and uh, my life would never be the same. Well, let's talk about that. How did, first of all, how did presenting the words of Jesus as Jesus in the visual Bible? Like, what was that experience like? And how, I mean, how did that entire experience really change your life? Yeah. You know, Carmen, it it would take hours to do that question justice. But in a nutshell, you know, I think Jesus is one of those uh, characters, if you will, that everybody just assumes they know everything about. Uh, In my case, and I don't think I'm very different than most people, you know, I was I I was born again, and you're off to the Christian races, and you're singing hallelujah. But until I was asked to portray him, I never stopped to take the time to try to discover who he is. Uh, And, you know, being a filmmaker, I can hear the soundtrack, boom, boom, on that statement there, Um, because that's really the bottom line. It's like my prayer life was just, Lord, help me with this, help me with that. Uh, But when faced with the opportunity to portray him, suddenly it was, Lord, I need to know you. I need to understand you. Who are you? Please show me the depths of your heart. And, uh, And in preparation for the film, I just can't tell you the desperation with which I prayed like that and and with which I, I sought him in his word. And, uh, uh, you know, I think of the scripture that says God's word never returns void. And 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 if I can put it into words, it was like I, I going into the film. I loved Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But through the experience, it's like I fell in love with this man who was God, Jesus. Uh, you tempt me to just want to stop right there and um, pause in, in what 
I would just regard as a holy moment. Every single one of us, right? We're, we're designed to represent Christ to the world. I mean, that's who we are as Christians. And the way in which you have just described, like the seriousness with which you approached the invitation to portray him to others, um, you know, I'm just recognizing, Bruce, that each and every one of us is called by God to portray Jesus in the world to others. And if we would um, enter into it in the way that you have described entering into, um, you know, the role that you had in this particular production of the Visual Bible, um, we would not only be transformed, but our witness to the world would be radically changed. I mean, the world might fall in love with Jesus if we were to portray him for who he really is. A hundred percent, Carmen. I, I, I like to say that I learned a little bit about how Jesus lived his life 2,000 years ago, but I learned a whole lot about how he would have me live my life these 2,000 years later. Uh, uh, I could go on and on. You know, uh, Jesus, we, we're so focused on, on what he said that we kind of lose sight of, of what he did. And I'm talking about his behavior, how he presented himself, his day-to-day interactions with people. And there is no doubt in my mind that the fullness of his character, the fullness of his goodness, and his gentleness and care and integrity and trustworthiness and, and just humility, humility, if there was, if there's any uh, characteristic that that I would put at the top of the list in describing Jesus is this remarkable humbleness. And uh, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that just in the day-to-day to his, of his interactions, people sat back and, and that, that line, surely this is the son of the living God, for no one could, <laughs> could be a man like this man, Jesus. Yeah. Bruce Marciano uh, is my guest today. He and I are going to take a very brief break. When we come back, um, we're going to pick up our assigned topic for the day. Uh, He and I are going to be talking about the Encounter series, which releases on Pure Flix streaming platform. Uh, If you are a fan of, uh, of Touched by an Angel, I'm going to describe the Encounter series as like Touched by an Angel Part 2, where, um, where Bruce as Victor is the one who shows up to help us reconnect the eternal with the everyday. More on that in just a moment. Continuing my conversation now with Bruce Marciano. Um, Bruce, let's talk about the Encounter series. Let's talk about the role you play in it. What do people need to know? Well, uh, as you mentioned, Touched by an Angel, that's exactly what it is. It's Touched by an Angel, except it's not angels, it's him. It's the Lord himself. So, uh, So I actually, in the series, reprise my role as Jesus, except in a contemporary setting. And uh, I often get asked, well, what's the difference between playing Jesus in a gospel film versus a contemporary uh, show like The Encounter? And and they're actually the only thing that changes is the costume, (laughs) the heart and the presentation, uh, the character, the kindness, the goodness, the truth. 
is all exactly the same. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's a um, it's going to be on a streaming platform called Pure Flix. Um, for people who are not familiar with that, you guys are just going to find it at pureflix.com. And um, what kinds of questions is Victor answering in uh, in the lives of the people he encounters in this film? You know, the core of the show is that he encounters everyday people just in the midst of their everyday struggles. Uh, uh, one of the episodes is a, is a single mom trying to uh, juggle her, uh, her career ambitions with her responsibility to her little girl. And in moves Jesus, Victor, if you will, into that situation, speaking truth, bringing the will of God into the situation. Another is a couple uh, dealing with the uh, with the passing of their little girl. And, and in, in comes Victor to coach them, if you will, through their grief and through their pain. And the constant uh, theme of him, uh, uh, come to me, come to me, that scripture from, from Matthew. It's the constant theme of the encounter, because at the end of the day, he is the solution to all of our challenges and struggles. Come to me. So I appreciate that in um, in the encounter, you you guys are really presenting real life situations happening today. I think um, I think Bruce, it's often easy for people to imagine that you know Jesus was this character in history, um, but he's not walking and talking among us today. And yet, by the power of the Holy Spirit, um, and because we have this gift of the Scriptures, He is walking and talking among us today. We just don't often see Him. Um, I'm curious to know if if when you just encounter people, you know, who have seen you in this role as Jesus, um, you know, there's, there's an expectation um, placed upon you to to continue representing him just in your regular everyday life. And that's true for all of us. Um, but I'm just curious, have you ever had an experience where somebody like approached you as if you were him? <laughs> well, I've had a few uh, odd experiences like that, but I'm thankful to say they're few and far between. Uh, 99% of the time uh, when someone spots me, it's just with a sense of appreciation a sense of testimony. I can't tell you how many uh, people have, have have said to me, you know, my life was changed because of that show, because we encounter, because of the visual Bible. Uh, uh, it's and, and it always has to do with with the revelation of two things. One, his person, his 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 the depth of his love for them. Uh, and the other is is the revelation of his intimate involvement in their lives today. As you say, I think uh, even very few believers, and I know this just because I get the emails every day, uh, have this sense of, of of the Lord intimately involved in in the details of their life today, and uh, and that comes through loud and clear through the encounter. So we're talking about The Encounter. It's a Pure Flix original series. You can find it at pureflix.com. Bruce, when um, when we're talking about the things of the faith and we're talking about a person of faith and we're talking about Hollywood, I feel like there's uh, there's an opportunity at that intersection 
to, you know, to talk with Christians across the country. Um, we are all living in ever more secularizing places and, um, and we have an unlimited number of choices related to media, what we take into, uh, into our hearts and minds. What, what's it like? And it's a little, I know it's a little bit weird question because, you know, what's it like to be living where you're living, um, the person as you are? I mean, for you, it's totally normal. Help those of us who don't live in Hollywood and yet uh, who are trying to continue to live as Christians in ever more secularizing environments. Help us through the window of your experience in Hollywood over the course of these um, decades you know, what, what's it like to continue to be a Christian and a Christian witness in a very secularized or secularizing environment? Yeah, in a nutshell, Carmen, it's very challenging. And, and the thing that's, that's shocking and alarming to me is the, how rapidly it's increasing, uh, the hostility toward the things of God. Um, it's almost like you can see it increase from week to week. Personally, it's... It, it's very, very challenging. I mean, I can be in a conversation and this one can be talking about Buddha and this one can be talking about Muhammad and this one could be talking about some spiritualist something and everyone is uh, into it. And then, I, well, I, I love Jesus and I just cannot tell you the scorn with which that name is met in this town. At the same time, Carmen, there are uh, a lot of, you know, there's that scripture where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And, uh, and, and what people don't know is that beneath all that searching is a, is a hunger for Jesus. And people are coming to Jesus in droves out here. There are some uh, churches out here that are making a tremendous impact. Um, a lot of the young people that come to this town to be actors, they grew up in church and uh, they have a Christian upbringing and they come out here and they get caught up in the lifestyle. But, uh, but at the end of the day, these churches are drawing them back to the Lord. So there's a great work of grace going on. Um, uh, I have no real hard answers how to navigate this increased hostility and secularization. All I know is at the end of the day, I have to stand before the living God uh, and, uh, and play each moment as if unto him. And I'm sure that I make a lot of mistakes. And, uh, but, uh, you know, even you mentioned the things that you watch on TV. I can barely turn on television anymore. And I'm actually toying with, uh, just cutting it off uh, because it's not just the shows, it's the commercials. Mm -hmm. the commercials it's are the worse. It's the halftime shows. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah, the, no it's doubt. The agenda is being, being thrust upon us. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, wanna, I don't want my eyes to see that. I don't want my children's eyes to see those things. So I would just say there's a lot of hard decisions to be made, and and they're going to get harder. And at the end of the day, I would just encourage your listeners, play each moment as unto him as best you can, and, uh, and you can't go wrong. Bruce Marciano, we are um, we're thankful for you. I am thankful that even though your films play before audiences of millions, you play your life before an audience of one. And um, thank you for that. Thank you for 
your spirit. Um, thank you for this new series. Uh, it's called The Encounter. You can find it at pureflix.com. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. It's been a pleasure. What a delight. We'll be right back. All right, God is in control, but uh, every single day we encounter these news headlines that are like, whoa, I didn't, maybe I saw that coming, but I kind of hoped it wouldn't arrive. The Olympics have been postponed. Uh, So next up, Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News is back. She's going to talk with us about how Christians around the world are coping with the coronavirus. We're probably going to lead off with a conversation about the impact of the postponement of the Olympics, not only on Japan, but on ministries that use that um, use that international event as a platform for the gospel. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Have you ever experienced that knee-jerk reaction when your child has done something goofy, unacceptable, and your first reaction is to pull away? Sure you have. I have too. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. We're human, and when someone hurts us, especially someone we love, It's natural to clam up, but avoiding the issues can have a disastrous impact. In fact, we become the consequence for their actions when we pull away. That's entirely unproductive. Though it's hard, decide right now that you'll continue to move toward your child whenever they disappoint you. Reinforce that there's nothing they can do to make you love them less, and there's nothing they can do to make you love them more. Don't pull away. Draw them in. Looking to make positive changes in your family? Check out the helpful resources from Mark Gregston online at parentingtodaysteens.org. Today. Well, uh, here at Faith Radio, we are in John chapter 2. So I want you to go to MyFaithRadio.com. I want you to sign up for our Easter reading initiative. We are reading the Gospel of John together uh, between now and what I will describe as Easter Monday. There's a reason that we are um, starting when we're starting and ending when we're ending, because we really want to read John chapter 21 on the Monday after Easter. Like, right? So just go ahead and jump in and join us. You've been thinking to yourself that you need a new rhythm of reading. Um, Join us in this particular rhythm of reading. Together, we're going to read a chapter of the book of John every day. So yesterday we read John 1. Today we're reading John 2. It's not too late to jump in because you could just read two chapters today. Uh, And so it's a great opportunity for you to invite other people into this experience because all they have to do is go to MyFaithRadio.com and join this Easter reading initiative of the Gospel of John. We're going to send you a a weekly email, and in that weekly email, you're going to get some special content by one of um, the fabulous show hosts here at My Faith Radio. Uh, Susie Larson uh, has written uh, for it. Bill Arnold has written for it. Carmen LeBurge has committed to write for it and hasn't written her piece yet, so there you go. Mine's probably coming late in the cycle. Um, While you're at MyFaithRadio.com, you could also listen to the conversation that I had yesterday with Michael Card about the subject of the Gospel of John. That is a wonderful opportunity not only for you to 
be inspired, be drawn into the Word of God, but also to like become a radio missionary. So here's what you do. You go, you, you get the link to the podcast of my conversation with Michael Card yesterday. You share that with somebody that you want to invite into this Gospel of John reading process. Um, and, and together we can, we can just build the community of the saints, right? That God's grace might be extended to more and more people. All right, so um, joining me now, Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. Oh, um, not not yet. So I will. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to raise her on Skype. We love we love Skype. I'm kind of wondering today: Are you loving Zoom? Are you loving Skype? Are you loving um, FaceTime? Are you loving Google Hangouts? What are you using? I got something yesterday from uh, Matthew's school about something called Flipgrid. And so we're now using that with his classmates. That's kind of fun. Um, what sort of webcasting uh, services uh, have you been exposed to just in the last few days? And you thought to yourself, wow, I didn't know I could have so many video conference calls. Um, I've got friends who now on their video conference calls, they like introduce something a little bit silly. So my friend Jessica, apparently in a Zoom meeting yesterday, wore a Hawaiian lei. Um, you know, the flowers that are uh, make like a big, long necklace. Um, I assume they were not fresh. Jessica might have to report in. Were the, was the Hawaiian lei fresh? And if so, when did you get it? My guess is it's plastic. Okay. Um, I saw a woman on Twitter yesterday whose kids um, said at lunch, hey, you should wear your wedding dress. And she couldn't think of a reason not to go put it on. So uh, her picture, having lunch with her kids yesterday with their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and their glass of milk. She is sitting there in her wedding gown, um, you know, complete with veil, not complete with um, wedding hair and makeup, but it is fun nonetheless. So what are some of the fun things that are happening in your household during this uh, during this? What are we calling this? Shutdown, quarantine. We have to come up with better words. These are not fun words. Opportunity to invest our time with one another uh, in the presence of one another. Let's see, I was going to tell you a, uh, a Matthew story from yesterday, um, and I'm trying to remember where I put my little notes related to that. Um, it, was a, it was a Matthew story. Um, oh, well, I was going to save this for the, for the start of the second hour, but since I'm um, now biding my time until Ruth Kramer joins us for Mission, for Mich- oh, she's here. All right. Well, then you got to stay on through the open of the second hour so you can hear the Matthew homeschooling story from yesterday. Ruth, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, good morning. Sorry about the technical difficulties. It, I'm not really sure, you know, what happened. It's okay. You know, there's probably like 10 million people trying to use the same technology we're trying to use this morning. So who knows? Talk <laughs> yeah, with us right. about talk with us about um, what's happening in Japan. We just, you know, learned yesterday that the Olympics is going to be postponed for a year. Um, tell us what what the what's the impact of the postponement of the Olympics on Japan and maybe ministries there. Well, uh, you know, if you've been talking about the postponements, uh, you also know that the economic cost is severe. Um, right now, mm. what we're looking at is it could cost uh, the uh, Japanese economy about six billion dollars just to postpone by a year, and that's just maintaining and repairing facilities like the stadiums and really basically getting ready to host the games all over again. Um, So this was not a decision that they uh, made lightly because the the risk is that this postponement could push their economy right into a recession. Uh, And that's what everybody was concerned about. So uh, we reached out to our partners at Asian Access and basically asked them, how does this affect what you guys are doing? 
Um, keeping in mind that Asian Access began planning for uh, ministry-specific work about six years ago. And so they were cooperating with multiple ministries and getting ready to hold festivals and uh, small games of their own and, you know, trying to really build some momentum toward uh, ministry uh, events. And all of those things were coming into to play about now, gaining momentum and really getting some of that planning uh, in order. And now everything's kind of on hold, you know. So what do you do with what you have? You just, Do you go forward with it? Can you go forward with it? There's a lot of questions for logistics that need to be answered right now. And um, do the ministries have the money to push off these specific events that they were having alongside the, the games at the same time as the country does? Um, and the answer is because they're nonprofits, maybe not. Um, so that's that's kind of where some of the ministry partners are. Um, they're just kind of hunkering down and trying to figure out how they're going to work these great big plans uh, for uh, Olympic ministry outreach for next year. Um, so Joe Handley is our, our contact over at Asian Access, and he's just basically asking us to continue to pray um, because they have a lot of decisions to make. Their ministry cohorts, that's, you know, small organized um units of ministry leaders and pastors and things like that working together are trying to figure out where to go from here. Um, and of course, because nobody can meet together face-to-face, that also adds to logistic problems. So they're kind of scrambling tr- to try to figure out what the new uh, plan is going to be, just like Japan is. And um, they're asking us to pray because this was going to be a huge um, opportunity to present the gospel to people who maybe never had have had the chance to to hear the gospel. Um, you know, obviously, they're also saying when the door of opportunity closes, God will open a new one, or uh, there will be other opportunities presented in spite of where your plan was going. And so um, he, they're basically saying they're looking for that opportunity. They're looking for another way to shift that energy into maybe being the hands and feet of Christ in the coronavirus pandemic to people outside of Japan, to the rest of Asia, because it's Asian access, uh, and how they can walk alongside the body of Christ as we walk through this pandemic together. Yeah, I'm aware, um, Ruth, that this this issue is being faced by ministries, um, you know, all around the world who do focus some of their energy and attention on particular events. And as those are, are rescheduled, many of them, you know, like packed into this coming fall, but many of them rescheduled from this year into next year. Um, and the, the the adjustments that ministries are going to be making, not only in Japan related to the Olympics, but around the world, uh, will be significant. And we'll watch that with you. Tell us, um, let's stay focused on this region of the world, at least. Um, tell us what is happening uh, in China. How are Christians dealing with the coronavirus there? Well, what I think is interesting is, you know, we've been seeing some uh, new reports coming out of China that that indicate maybe the uh, edge of the the epidemic has kind of shifted for them. In fact, the mandatory lockdown in Wuhan, where the global where the coronavirus actually began, um, the the epidemic began, is going to be lifted starting April 8th. So that's that's a huge um, encouragement to see that, you know, they've gone through the worst of it, and they're coming out on the other side. Now, given the fact that so many of our partners that are connected with the body of Christ in China are have been in con- constant contact with them, what we're hearing now is kind of a shift in, um, in the direction of how can we help you. Um, 
I know that's clumsily said, but for a while it was the United States saying, what can we do for you? How can we pray for you? What do you need? What can we help you with? And now that's shifting as the believers in China are coming out of their experience and saying, okay, we can tell you what works and what doesn't work. Um, here's what we learned. And uh, from our experience with the lockdown, uh, here's how you can continue ministry. And here's the, here are the things that really encouraged us in our walk um, during the time of lockdown. Here's how we're going to be praying for you. What else do you need us to do? In fact, some of the partners for our Bibles for China were saying, hey, you know, we have some extra masks and we have extra sanitizer. We can ship this to you. How soon do you need it? And so it's a huge encouragement for the body of Christ uh, that has been through so much recently to be offering from their experience and from their, their difficulty and their pain to say, we are going to give you the benefit of our wisdom and experience. We're going to share that with you. Let's grow together in Christ. I think that's just the most encouraging part of the story is the body of Christ working together and sharing from experience. And um, when you see other people go through trial, how encouraging it is in your own walk as you see God's triumph start to shine. You know, Ruth, allowing ourselves to be served by those um, whom we have had the privilege of serving in the past is um, is just a it's a tremendous evidence that we are a body and no part of the body is any better than any other part. And we are um, we are one in a way that uh, we are experiencing, I think, because of this global pandemic. Um, it's sort of awakening it's awakening Western Christians um, and Westerners in general to the reality that we are people who are interdependent, not only with Christians around the West, rest of the world, but the rest of the world in general. It's, a, um, it's, an, it's an eye-opening uh, experience. All right, Ruth, we got to take a, a very brief break. When we come back, let's, um, let's talk about what some ministries are doing to equip families um, to pray together and some things from Keys for Kids. And then I'm also going to ask Ruth about what's happening in Iran and Lebanon. We'll be right back. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. Continuing my conversation with Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News, you can find what we're talking about today at mnnonline.org. That stands for Mission Network News Online.org. Um, Ruth, I know that PrayerCast has just released um, a video on the coronavirus. Tell us about that. Well, PrayerCast is our sister ministry under One Way Ministries, and when this became an issue, like a global pandemic, uh, the team at PrayerCast really got together and said, we need to focus believers on something together that is bigger than ourselves. Because in a, in a situation where there's fear and panic, we tend to be very um, uh, narrowly focused on just our things, what is in front of us, our immediate family, our needs. And we forget that there's need elsewhere, that there's um, a way to speak into a situation that makes you feel not quite as helpless. And one way to focus that is through prayer. When you start praying for other people, it, it just changes your perspective on a situation. And then you start asking, what more can I do? So that's partly what's behind PrayerCast developing a coronavirus video, is to kind of walk through some, some ways to pray about the pandemic so you can be part of the solution and you don't feel quite so um, so helpless in a situation like this. I would encourage folks to take a, I, I sent you the link for that. I would encourage people to look at the prayercast video, uh, 
prayercast.com slash coronavirus and just pray through that with it. You know, it's, it's about a four and a half minute video. And they're going to go through some very specific things, uh, just acknowledging um, the fact that people are scared, acknowledging the fact that this is something we've never experienced in this generation before, um, experiencing some new normals and a a huge paradigm shift. And they're acknowledging all of that, but also focusing us on who God the Creator is and who Jesus Christ our Savior is, and to speak light and truth into a situation that is very dark. Um, it, it, there's so much peace that comes when you cast your cares on Him, and this is just one of those things that uh, our sister ministry felt was really important to do to focus the body of Christ in a time when we could get very distracted, very easily distracted. Yeah, I love these prayer lists that are being um, sent out, not only um, here by PrayerCast, but there's an organization in Colorado just called uh, Colorado Praise, copraise.org for listeners there. They're, um, they're holding weekly um, telephone calls across the state, one in English and one in Spanish. And so you could go to, uh, to that website and find out that as well. Find, find a way to be praying with other Christians in the midst of this. Go to prayercast.com backslash coronavirus and pray along um, with PrayerCast. Find find some way. Uh, I know my church holds every Wednesday night. We're still having a prayer meeting. We're just doing so now um, online. Tell us what Keys for Kids is offering up. This is really cool for those of us who have um, kids at home <laughs> that we didn't plan to have at home. <laughs> well, this is kind of one of those things uh, that the, the team at Keys for Kids uh, started thinking about what life is going to be like, you know, work from home um, and not being really fully prepared to have the littles underfoot as you're also trying to homeschool and work and do your job. Uh, so they provided a couple of different resources to kind of um, help, I guess is the, the short way to say it. Uh, they've taken some of their devotional series. Obviously, you can pull the devotionals on off the website. You can uh, subscribe to the, uh, the the physical devotionals, and they'll mail those to you. But they've also provided a downloadable, like a activity packet, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. It's four or five days of devotions, but it also comes with games and coloring pages and things like that, just to keep kids... Um, Maybe it, keep them occupied for a little while and also keeping them rooted in the Word of God. So it's a, it seems like it's a small thing, but it, yet it's a big thing. And it's just the fact that it's uh, available acknowledges uh, the needs of kids during this time where nothing is normal and your, your schedule is completely thrown off. Kids thrive on routine. They thrive on being able to rely on the next thing that they know is supposed to be there. And all of that has been thrown out the window right now. So, you know, they're at home, they're, they're basically doing online schooling or homeschooling type of, of um, uh, structure, and they need something that is reassuring, and that is the Word of God. So that's why Keys for Kids has something like this. Uh, we Again, we sent you the links to that so that people can download the activity packets and also see what other resources are available through Keys for Kids. Um, it's a great way to encourage kids to get involved or get lean in God's word in a time when things are very uncertain. So I don't know about schools uh, where you are, but um, the governor here in Tennessee just announced yesterday that that, uh, public schools and private schools have have followed suit are going to remain closed here through the 24th of April. Um, And so we're, we're looking at sort of this homeschool model for, um, you know, another five or six weeks 
And that is really long for a lot of people. So um, please, you know, please pass along our our, our heartfelt gratitude um, to, you know, to Keys for Kids and others who, you know, are helping us manage during these sort of surprising times where we find ourselves not only working from home, doing our jobs from home as best we can, but also educating at home. Um, sometimes kids who's, you know, they've, they've passed us. Like, I don't know. I don't remember how to do physics. I can't help with physics homework. Um, um, and so I just, I just sit there and sort of suffer along um, with the child who's trying to answer those questions uh, that I can't help her with. So um, just appreciate what ministries are doing. Certainly appreciate you, Ruth, keeping us up to date on what's happening with our ministry partners around the world. Want everyone to uh, follow along at Mission Network News, which is mnnonline.org. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you. We'll be right back. All right, so we have talked about how Paul um, opens his gospel, uh, or not his gospel. How, well, I don't know. Could we, call, could we call the book of Romans the gospel according to Paul? I don't know. Maybe we could. I could adopt that language. We talked at the open of the show today how Paul um, gives this greeting to his fellow saints in Rome at the opening of uh, of the book of Romans or the letter to the church at Rome with this, I long to see you. So I just want to encourage you today, um, not only who do you long to see, like in terms of people, but do you long to see the Lord? Because Paul lived with this genuine longing to see the Lord. And so I, I just want to encourage us with that question today. Do I really, do I long to see the Lord? Do I long to be with him? I also commend to you the end, the conclusion of the book of Romans, uh, which is the doxology, which Paul offers at the end of chapter 16, and, um, and just offer God's grace and peace to you this day in the spirit of Jesus Christ. We've got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.